0: Hello and welcome to the Pen Addict podcast, episode number four. Uh, the Pen Addict is a weekly podcast where we discuss everything pens and paper and lovely analog tools like that. The Pen Addict is hosted by Mr. Brad Dowdy, um, who is the blogger extraordinaire over at penaddict.com and marketing guru at JetPens. And by me, I'm Michael Hurley of the 70 Decibels Network. Hello, Brad. How
1: are you? I'm great, Mike. How's it going today? I'm good, I'm good. You're a little bit sick, unfortunately, though, today. I am, today. I am, so sorry if I'm, if I'm sounding a little dis- different in uh, episode number four than the first three. Uh, it, it's not you, it's me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we also apologize if you sort of lose any lungs or other internal organs um, via your mouth during oh, this episode. Absolutely,
1: it's, it's, it's highly likely to happen.
0: And I guess having kids in the house—that's probably just going to circulate around for the next <laughs> six months, not right? Well,
1: that's that's where I got it from, and uh, yeah, maybe one day you'll know. But <laughs> not, um, to, not to get off track, but we're, yeah, we're, not not anytime soon. Yeah, but we're we're two months into this year, and I think we've been to the doctor about five or six times. So wow, that's the wow. way it's, that's the way this year has been.
0: <laughs> anyway, so I have another addition to my arsenal this that's,
1: week. That's what I hear. I know you were you were excited about it, so I'll I'll let you spill the beans on what you what you got. So I
0: picked up a pen we've spoken about a bunch of times on the show called. The, it's a fountain pen called the Pilot Prera. Mhm. Um. I picked it up in an ivory color. Mhm. Ivory barrel. Ivory barrel. Yes. Mm-hmm. To, to put it correctly. Yeah. And then I'm um, absolutely loving it. It arrived a couple of days ago in a very nice little box, a very Japanese box. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Um the presentation case is quite nice it's like clear and it's got like a little elastic band in. um i had one of uh, i instantly got um
1: brad on im because i was (laughs) terrified by the cartridge that it came with right the 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 pilot namiki cartridges number one they're they're pretty long and they have a they kind of have a funky little flange on one side and a weird they go down to a taper on the other side right
0: yeah they're very weird mm-hmm. very weird mm-hmm. um, but we'd spoken and I'm going to pick up a converter right um, to convert it to ink um, obviously you'll be able to find links to all of that stuff in the show notes as always
1: okay. so what what nib size did you get that's what everyone really wants to know um,
0: yeah I went for the medium okay um, and I knew that I would want to go for the medium with this pen because it's a Japanese nib as you've taught me and Japanese mm-hmm. nibs are thinner than your average European nib or right. Western nib Right. Um, now because I usually use like I bought a medium um, in the Lamy mm-hmm. um, so I knew that anything other than medium was going to be far too thin for my tastes. right um, I really like the nib size good, good. I really do because it's, it's um, it is a little it's Initially and, and sometimes still it's a little scratchier than I'd like, mm-hmm. uh, or than I'm used to, yep. um, but that does kind of get worked out. That's exactly um, right. But the, the actual thickness of the line is, is fantastic, especially for writing um, the show notes for the shows, because I write those in pen and paper. I always have done. Um, it, it means I can, because last week I wrote them in with the Lamy and, and they were a little bit too thick, mm-hmm. because I'm writing these in a the field notes and I like to try and keep, keep within the, the blocks right um and the uh the, the prera does that beautifully
1: yeah so the, you you can definitely tell a difference between the the two m nibs right i mean mm-hmm. it, it's pretty clear
0: i did the uh pen addict usual of writing down um the names of the pens to check <laughs> the uh to check the nib size um and yeah and I, i've really really been enjoying it it's, it's the only pen that i've used for the last two days my favorite thing um is the click so you'll hear this is an, Yes, very uh, sturdy. It's, it's got a good, but it's got a nice cushion to it. It reminds me of you know, um, in fancy kitchens, you see, you get those drawers like the push closed drawers, like right. when you push them and they slow down and and yep. and go in on their own. Yep. That's kind of what this reminds me of because with the Llama, you just push it and it clicks, or with any other pen I've ever used, it just clicks down. But there's a slight resistance as you get to, to just to put in the cap right on again. Yep, um, and I really like that. It's a very nice feel.
1: Yeah, it's cool. It, it it's really well made, real well made,
0: and and uh, uh, that's a a cool feature. It's very stylish. Um, the clip like that is I like the clip too because it's got like a natural curve in it, which probably I would assume helps keep its sturdiness over time. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah. It, it doesn't weaken so much because that was I uh, so I've had a I've had a Lamy before. I've had a Lamy Safari before, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and the the clip wore out and became weak very quickly. Okay. Um, but th- that's not. Uh, and also on my, I have a monk which is currently out of action, and the clip on that came quite loose. But this feels like it's really integrated as part of the pen, and it's it's nicely nicely made.
1: Ah, uh, you're. You're making me jealous. We talk about how we make our readers jealous sometimes. I'm using a brush pen today, a Kurataki brush pen that I, I use to take notes with. I'm gonna have to go get. i have to go get my prayer as soon as we're done, so I can start writing with it again.
0: It's, it is an absolutely fantastic pen. Um, I, I am in love with it. It's nice and small. Um, it's very light, but it's got a, a, a good enough feel to it in the hand, um, even with the cap on. Mm-hmm. Um, what did we? What, what is Posted. that called? posted Mm -hmm. um it's it's not too heavy but i still have to keep it in my right hand i think it's become like a comfort thing for me now because i I tend to keep it in my right i tend to keep the the cap in my right hand when i write
1: i'm left-handed no matter how long you write i mean if you're going to have a a long session you think you'll you'll hang on to it there just out of habit or you set it down eventually um i I think i set it down eventually but
0: Mm -hmm. i will typically just hold on to it okay i I don't even realize that i do it i don't think that's funny so um, I also took a trip into uh, into London today uh, a couple of days ago, um, and I wanted to go to the Muji store because mm-hmm. uh, I had a couple of hours to kill. Um, yeah. I had a meeting close close to there, and figured I'd, I'd just kill a couple of hours and go, go to the store. Um, I bought a couple, I've only bought three pens, some quite cheap ones. I bought one of the um, Pigma. They oh. sell a Pigma brush.
1: Do they really? Okay.
0: Yeah, but this is like one of the the full-on brush pens. I thought, you know, I'll just buy it because it was there and it was quite cheap. Right. So this, is, this is like a...
1: bristle tip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Which, um, you know, I just that was just f- something I thought yeah. it looked really cool. So something to have. Um, and I also picked up a couple of their... Um, I assume they're gel. They've got quite cheap clear mm-hmm. plastic. Um, but I went with a 0.38. Okay. Um, Just because I wanted to get a a Japanese very thin line, Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, they are gel pens, and it is incredible how thin this line is.
1: Yeah, it's it's really and the the tips on those are very sharp.
0: Yeah, they are very.
1: There's some feedback when you're writing on the page, right? I mean, it's kind of yeah. It's not it's not scratchy. I mean, it's it's smooth enough to write with, and that's something that doesn't bother me, but does bother some people. But um, they they're a little bit scratchy and the gel ink is a little bit more watery than say like a G2 mm-hmm. gel ink. Yeah. Um which which is good. I mean it doesn't um it it dries faster. Mm-hmm. Right, but um and it still keeps a a really clean line. They're they're pretty awesome pens to to write with. They write a lot like uh, you have the Zebra Sarasa clip. They remind me a lot of that pen.
0: Yeah, I agree actually. Um it's I I don't really even know how to so the thing is with the Muji pens is there's no brand names. It's all right. written in Japanese. So, mm. well, it's their, really it's to... it's,
1: their own, it's pretty much their own brand. They're branded as Muji gel pens. Right. Okay. So there's no um, it's not a separate like the Sakura. That's why I was actually shocked. I didn't know they sell sold other non Muji brand items. So I was that's why I was kind of surprised to hear you say you picked up a Sakura there. Yeah. So, but I mean, but that's a a Japanese pen and a popular one at that. So I guess that doesn't surprise me. But um, Muji's, you know, whole whole thing is the the minimalist in their own name stuff, um, and and it's really good quality. Like you said, they're cheap, um, they're you know they're inexpensive, and they, they write really really well. Most people who have never used one and pick one up are usually pretty happy with it more times than not.
0: Yeah, they had they had some. It's quite a large store, so I think it might be why they sold some other stuff. Like they had a Muji Lego set there. It was very peculiar. Oh wow it was like um paper but you used the small lego bricks like um, you know the circular ones like the jewels they're called i think okay um and you could make like animals and stuff out of them and you keep it all together by using these lego bricks It was very peculiar that is strange i'll see if i can find um, a link for that okay. somewhere. yeah, yeah i'd like show to see notes. that
1: i'd like to see that i've, I've never been to a, a muji store every muji pen i have and I've probably got about 10 of them uh, readers have sent me, which I'm eternally grateful for. Give me a
0: shopping list and I'll go. and get back <laughs> up for you.
1: I'll do it. I'll do it. So
0: <laughs> this isn't my pilot prayer is not the main topic of the show, even though we've spoken about it for 10 minutes. So mm-hmm. um, what are we going to talk about today?
1: Well, uh, aside from your complete deep dive into pen addiction (laughs) Uh, i think you're you're well on your way i think uh today i think we're going to cover some paper paper topics um people have been writing in wanting to know what type of papers i use what type of papers you use what's good what's not so good um and, and things like that so what do you think i think we'll uh we'll cover a little bit of paper today
0: sounds great all right. So how are we going to kick this one off?
1: Let's 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 kick this off with a little bit of uh, terminology, and this kind of goes along with the the glossary stuff. And I don't want to spend too much time on this because it, while it, the weight and the feel of the paper does matter, and it is something to consider. I want to talk more about the brands and the things we use and why we use them. But yeah, I do want to get a couple of the small things out of the way. Um, on lots of paper, you'll see either standard copy paper or your nice notebooks that you buy, like a moleskin or a Rhodey or things like that, you'll see some um, weight measurements or d- density measurements. Most of the non-US brands will use uh, grams or grams per square meter. So you'll see like an ADG paper or a ADGSM paper. And what that is, that's a, a an actual density measurement. Um, mm-hmm. The GSM is grams per square meter, so it's a measure it, measurement of density. I don't want to say how thick the paper is because there's an actually another measurement called caliper, which I won't even get to it at all. But you can the basic way to think about this is if you take if you see a paper is 80g, mm-hmm. that's your kind of your baseline standard paper, copy paper, notebook paper just kind of your everyday paper that you'll see anywhere. It's going to be around that weight. And then the number as it increases, it's going to be heavier or thicker um, of a page, um, a more dense paper. Now that translate the U S as we like to do, we take every system and we muck it up into our own. Right. So (laughs) instead of, instead of grams over here, we'll use pounds um, so you're saying the same 80 gram paper that you'll see is approximately a 20 pound uh, paper here. And that's called, but they use a measurement called basis weight and that I'm not even going to go into that cause it's very convoluted on how they determine that. And I'm bored reading about it and learning about it. Just know that in general terms, the lower your number, either grams or pounds, the, less dense the paper is going to be and so like 20 or 24 pound is your standard u.s copy paper and -hmm. then you can move all the way up to i mean there's some some very thick papers but like a a cover stock say like a like on your field notes that would be there's a cover stock that could be like a 100 pound or 120 pound cover stock so that's not even paper at that point is it really more card no so it's just the way they measure it's just the way to give you a guideline so you know how thick it is. Generally, the higher the number, the more dense it is. But you will find, if you look at all these charts you can find online, you can find that you know a certain type of 90-pound might be a little less dense than an 80-pound paper. But it, it's, it's picked for our everyday use. You just need to know what you like and what feels good for you. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I wanted to cover that because I get asked that from time to time. And you know what? Every time I get asked that, I usually have to look it up. It's, it's not a very intuitive system.
0: I think probably the main thing somebody needs to take away is the thicker you want your paper to be or the better quality you want it to feel, the higher the number you want.
1: Right, right. Yeah, it's right. And that's not a hard, fast rule, but that's a good general rule. Yeah. Right. So aside from that... I like to talk about how smooth or rough, uh, the paper has, and that's generally referred to as the tooth of the page. Um, is there, you know, is it smooth to the touch? Can you feel it? Um, any kind of, you know, you'll see some linen paper. Like I know it was popular. I don't think anymore when you, but when you used to do, make your resume, you know, 10 years ago, you get this nice linen paper to, to, to print out your, uh, on the dot matrix printer to, to, to use, you know. The but, real good stuff. Yeah. But what that does is it, it's, it's really specialty type paper um, because there's going to be a lot of feedback when you write. And what it's designed for if you're an artist or, you know, doing sketching or drawing or any type of that, any type of work like that, when you're using your, your heavier um, materials like a charcoal or things like that, it's going to attach to the paper much better than a smooth type paper. So if you hear me... Cool. Talk about how smooth or, or rough the paper is. That's generally what you're gonna see. A lot of sketch paper, thick sketch paper, some of it'll, it'll be smooth and some of it'll, it'll be uh have more tooth. The day-to-day paper that you and I and most of our listeners use is really gonna be generally smooth. Alright. Cool. So those those kind of cover those basics. Now we get into what I like to talk about and is that's what types of paper we use and I use and why we choose certain things and, and why you might prefer prefer certain things that don't work for me and, and let's start with the, just the page format itself you know there's the general terms that all of us use when we're getting out a notebook or a journal to write in we'll say do you have a blank page do you use a blank page you know with nothing on the pages is it lined um, with just horizontal lines across the page is it a grid or a graph pattern um there's different measurements of the squares on the page. Is it nowadays there's dot paper? Um and then there's even, you know, special consideration paper. Like uh one of my personal favorites dome paper is a grid and line system. Um there's a Kokuyo brand that uses lines and dots. And for all you Dungeon and Dragon nerds out there, there's hexagonal paper so <laughs> there's, there's lots of special uses of paper what i know you're uh generally speaking i know you i've heard you talk about you have a um moleskin that you use and you have a field notes that you use so what the yeah, notes are all uh, or not all of them but the majority of them are, are gridded so what's in your moleskin um plain just plain no lines yeah is that a, is um, that a conscious choice or yeah
0: um, the way that I, I'm, I'm a very peculiar note taker. I guess mm-hmm. most people are in their own way. I guess, but I have my own way that I like to take notes, and it's lots of arrows and random indentations, and mm-hmm. um, so lines. I feel really constrict that, mm-hmm. um, because then I feel like I have. To, I feel if you're not writing in the lines, why have lined paper? Right. Um, but but uh, so for for moleskins, I always will choose plain because it allows me to be very freeform in in how I'm writing something. Um, Field notes come as grid, so I don't really have much of a choice, but I don't find grid paper as um, restrictive for some reason.
1: Uh, You and I are almost exactly alike in, in that thought process. I will almost never choose to use lined paper for that reason. I feel it is the most restrictive format. Um, my favorite format is the grid um, or, you know, the more specific, the grid plus lines. Um, and for the reason you state, I, for some reason, the grid format as a whole seems very unrestricted to me. It, despite the fact that it's got the most lines on the page of anything, in
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> theory, should be
1: the most. <laughs> it is actually, it, it allows me, it, it gives me some structure, right? But I can do anything with it that I want. I mean, yeah, see, because <laughs> sideways, I mean, I can turn the paper hor- horizontally and not yep. lose anything. You know, mm-hmm. I, it, it's really freeing. And, and line paper, I, I have a real, real struggle with.
0: Because I think with grid you can kind of choose the structure. I mean, are you going to mm-hmm. look at doing this in blocks? Or are you going to look at it doing it vertically, horizontally? Right. As you said, right. with line paper you have one choice, mm-hmm. um, and that's to stay within the lines. I mean, that is your choice. Right.
1: And I think um, I, I take. It sounds like I take notes similar to you, right? I'll, I might have a uh, a main heading, and then I'll I might have you know an arrow going here, an arrow going there, and it, it's just more kind of a loose format, but it's all tied together in my own special way. And grid gets that done for me as well as blank. I mean, I, I think blank would suit me. Well, I, I, I'm probably 90% grid. I'd say,
0: why, uh, why do you like grid and lines? I mean, is it just, I mean, we're going to, I guess we're going to talk about done paper in a bit, but yeah, is it just that paper style or is it actually something about grid and lines that you enjoy? <sighs>
1: that's been really hard to put my finger on. Um, It's, it's unique in the design to where, you know, for someone that hates lines as much as me, it does have a a thick line every third grid. And and we'll link to this for those that hadn't heard of tone Paper. Um, We'll link to it so you can see it for yourself. For my style of writing and note-taking, it works really well from an organizational perspective. Um, I can have some more headers type um, words on the the line sections, but I feel you know unencumbered by the lines, otherwise right I'll write all over the page and all kinds of weird little shapes and and formats I don't know it's I've never had a a paper that I've been that comfortable using, and when I don't use it, I find myself getting annoyed so i'm I'm kind of like all in on the on the dome. it's honestly it's hard to put my finger on you know sometimes something just grabs you and this has been yeah ever since i was little um i've always used graph paper so i guess maybe you know over 30 plus years of using graph paper this was enough to enough of a difference but still to allow me to to function similarly that that i enjoy it and then on on top of that the the quality is is off the charts. so that really seals the deal
0: one of these days I want to try and find one of these uh, notebook makers that will make custom paper for me mm-hmm. for the show notes mm-hmm. because every show I have a like a, a set way. Like I, I divide the paper into sections. Mm-hmm. Like For this show, I'll take a double page. On the left-hand side, I have one heading called the pens and one heading mm-hmm. called the paper and a line down the middle of the page. Mm-hmm. And then the other side just as a heading called show notes. It would be so great to have that pre-printed
1: onto a page. That would, be, that would be very good. One day I'll find someone, probably through this podcast, <laughs> someone m- will find me. The more the more I get into paper, the more I enjoy seeing the specialty type papers that do things like that. You know, there's, cert- there's certain companies will call them a meeting layout or there's different layouts, mm. like preset layouts where you can buy, you know, a ledger pad. And, you know, that's, that's something I always in- enjoy testing out. Mm-hmm. So you do the show notes, do you do them in the field notes? Um for this show I do. Okay. And uh, the others do you use the moleskin?
0: I have uh, a couple of shows that I use field notes and and a bunch that I use moleskins for. What?
1: Well, so take the moleskin. What what first what what made you buy the moleskin? I was attracted to the
0: look of it. I mean, I, I've been using moleskins for probably about 5 or 6 years. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Um, I like the size um, of the pads. Like I, I like the. Uh, I don't know. I think they're called the Cahier. Is it Cahier mm-hmm. journals? Like the right. the hardback ones that are uh, quite the, not the really large size. Although I have had some of those before, and they're fantastic. Right. Um, but I t- I tend to go for the sort of medium size one. hmm Um, I tend to go hardcover. Although soft cover is fantastic as well if you can find that. Yeah. And they're harder to find in those sizes. The soft cover. Um, and I just like the, f- the thickness of the papers is, is is quite is quite nice and the band. I mean, it was one of the first notebooks that I'd seen that had that elastic band that went around yeah, that's, the outside.
1: That's a good feature. I do I do like that a lot about the moleskins. I actually started the if you go back in my the archives on the pen attic. The very first reviews I did were actually in a, a Moleskin reporter notebook. That's what I used and what, what I enjoyed. I think what I ran into is the more pens I got. The more I found that not every pen behaved well in a moleskin, then that's so I started searching out different things. Is that in regards to bleeding or just
0: not feeling very good on the paper?
1: No, I, I think it, it's mostly not feeling very good on the paper, and that's because I like the very fine tip gel pens, and right. those just don't work great in a moleskin. The the paper is not good for the extra fine gel pens that I prefer. Um, what moleskin? What I find works great and moleskins are liquid ink pens like your rollerball pilots like pilot v5s and the pilot um v5 retractables those work perfectly in a a moleskin and work very well the pens i use it just the paper just doesn't work for it as well i need a Mm -hmm. smoother i need a smoother paper than in the moleskin for the fine gel ink pens to work well so what I found it I you know I I found the dome paper, which is much smoother. Um but what a lot of people want to know is they like the look of the moleskin and the feel and the design of the moleskin. What can they get that's comparable to that in look, feel and design, but with a better quality paper? Um and that's where your brands like Rhodia and Quo Vadis, um there's one that I really enjoy, that I have a few of, and I'm gonna butcher this pronunciation, but I'm gonna give it a try. It's called Loik Term 1917. Oh my word! <laughs> I think that's how you say it, Loik Term, something like that. <laughs> I'm sure I everything I all my pronunciations, I do get emails and comments on. So they say, "Hey, you got that one right," or "Oh no, you didn't. <laughs> you didn't do so <laughs> You were so that. far away." Yeah. Like what? What? Not to digress too much, but one of my bad habits. And, and I know this good and well. It's not um, Uniball Sino. It's Uniball Signo. I, I just can't bring myself to say Uniball Signo, so I, just, I say Sino. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I'm I'm getting off track here. A, a lot of people look for that moleskin replacement, um, oh, mm-hmm. either from some people are price averse. I mean, it can be they can be pretty expensive.
0: Um, I mean, but the moleskins are expensive. Like that's what you I'm know, saying. They, they, Oh, I see what you mean, As yeah. a replacement. I, I see what you mean, I thought yeah. you meant like a, 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 the replacements are expensive. But yeah. no,
1: moleskins are expensive. Right, so the two things that people look for when they're trying to replace their moleskin is something that costs less or something that works better. Um, a lot of the options that work better are, are in the same price point. Don't get me wrong, not all of these are lower price points. Um, there's a brand that I don't see much anymore, but was real popular for a few years called Piccadilly. They made a little black notebook. Looked at you took the covers. If you took the branding off, it looks exactly like a moleskin. Um, right. they, they sold for about half the price. They sold at a retail chain in the U.S. here called Borders. Um,
0: they were kinda yeah, we hard, have Borders, yeah. They're kind of hard, they're a call. bookstore, right? Borders. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. they actually went into bankruptcy here, so there are no more.
0: Yeah, no, that's the same.
1: <clears throat> yeah, so the Piccadilly brand was real popular for a while because it was about I, I'd say it was about half the price. And quality-wise, was I, I couldn't tell any difference. I did some side side by side comparisons, and they were very good. Um, so on top of that, on top of that, I'd say the most comparable to Moleskin in style, quality, and price are, are going to be the Rhodia,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the Oik term, and the, the Piccadilly, if you can find them.
0: Would you have a, a, a like a personal preference out of those three?
1: Yeah, the um, I say the Rhodia just because of the availability.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm looking at trying to get my hands on one of those. I like the orange covers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
1: Number one, they're, they're, yeah, they're on my list. They're cool looking. <laughs> they're very well designed, and the paper is very high quality. It's it's a very very different paper than you'll find in the Moleskin if you ever get to use one. It's okay. It's a very smooth paper. Now, you, that's not to say it's not without problems. If you're using heavy inks, like a .7 gel ink pen, it does not dry quickly at all. Oh, that's right. Interesting. So that's why it works good for me because I use the fine tip gel pens that don't have that issue. But like mm-hmm. for you as a left hander, you you actually might run into issues with that and maybe even with the fountain pens. There's drying time considerations to be considered.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I do this. This is why I do have an issue with breaking pens in. Is I adjust in two ways of writing between writing, so I'm stroking my hand from left to the right of the page, Mm -hmm. to actually wrapping my whole arm around the book, and I write upside down. Yeah, Yeah, Um, and I seem to naturally. Change to that movement quite mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. because obviously I've been too used to because where I've, where I've preferred fountain pens for years, I'm too used to smudging so right. it seems that my hand just knows where it needs to be Right, right um, Yeah, so the the Rodeo is something that I
1: wanted Do they do spiral bound? They do um, Yeah, see that's a, they're, it's they're, an interesting thing They're not as readily available They make one called I think it's called the meeting book Right, which if you can find that, that's got a good story behind it. Well, that basically the founder of uh, I think Claire Fontaine, which is the parent company. I think that's how it's set up. I I might have my facts wrong here. He basically designed it. Like you're saying, hey, I wish I had this layout for these podcasts that I do. He said, hey, I wish I had this layout for these meetings that I run, and lo and behold, they now sell that product. (laughs) So, but there's a couple. There's, they're not as um, prevalent, but Claire Fontaine does sell a lot of spiral bound and the paper is the same if not better.
0: You see spiral bound it appeals to me, but mm-hmm. the practicality is, is not very it's not very good being a left handed person.
1: That's true. That's true. It's like the, the Dome notebooks that I use. I use one called the don't IDEA journal and uh excuse me, the Dome Idea Notebook. I'm gonna get killed, I can't remember. It's the idea journal. It's pretty much eight and a half by eleven. Um it's a large Yeah
0: idea journal. Bag.
1: Large spiral bound and uh just beautiful super thick chipboard cover, like I could use the rip off the cover and use it as a throwing star and probably do some damage i mean it's it's serious business I like that you went to throwing star as the as the <laughs> first the
0: first portal call
1: yeah the the cover is uh thick and pointy, and uh, I could probably put an eye out if I, if I decided to but um yeah so uh just kind of circling back around, a lot of people are looking for the the moleskin replacements, and those are a, a few ideas. Um, on the other on the other side of the coin, I use um, a lot of smaller pocket size notebooks. So you've got your moleskin, you know, that's hard bound. Um, some of them are pocket size, but a lot of them are more uh, traditional journal size, say five by seven or larger. Mm-hmm. Um, that are desk notebooks. Um, you know, throw it in your backpack. Something you can't necessarily put it in your pocket, your pants pocket or your shirt pocket and go. And I use a lot of you know, field notes for that. I use the um Dome Paper Utility Journal for that. So I don't know, that might even be a whole other episode. I know we're we're getting long here already and mm. I feel like there there's so much paper to talk about and what people what are people's favorites and, and why they maybe use it. Maybe we should
0: do. maybe we should break out like I mean we've spoken mainly about probably journals today. Right. Um, so maybe we should break out into the stuff we carry with us. Yeah,
1: I, th- I think that's a good idea because we can yeah. um, we can discuss um, you know what pens work for that uh, uh, that everyday carry type of uh, notebook, pocket notebooks, pocket pens, things like that. Something that's uh, kind of more on the go. On the go. Right. I think
0: it would be good to hear what you carry around just daily. Anyway, I think okay. that's a good topic.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Good idea.
0: Maybe do that next week. Yep. I'm putting that in already. Good.
1: Excellent yeah. stuff. Who knew we could talk so much about paper?
0: I know. The paper addict.
1: <laughs> I actually, when I, uh, short story here, when I started The Pen Addict, I started a partner site called The Notebook Addict. and Okay. You know, because I wanted to keep, thought, hey, that would be a great idea, just keep my notebook reviews separate. And then I was like, well, that's dumb. It's just that's just separating everything for no good reason just put them all in the pin addict it's, it's all relative and so if any old time uh addict uh readers hear that uh they'll they'll be familiar with that but that's a, a little known fact
0: <laughs> so have you got anything that you want to add to this um, week's episode
1: yeah just a couple things um which we won't go on too much longer, but I just wanted to touch on a couple of questions. I got Uh, one specific question that actually came in on Twitter today that um, I I don't even have the name in front of me, but um, he asked me specifically and was hoping I could cover it in episode five, but I think we'll just drop it in episode four can wanted me to elaborate on the differences between ballpoint and rollerball. And uh, my response to him on Twitter was, well, those terms can be interchangeable or they can describe a type of ink depending on the person you're talking to. The majority of pens that we've, that we talk about are a roller little ball in the tip of the pen that rolls around when you write it. Hence the name ballpoint or rollerball. ball. Those two terms to me are interchangeable in that context. But if you're the most people I talk about They want a good ballpoint ink, or they want to know a good rollerball pen. Um, And Hmm. that, to me, tells me they're looking for an ink property, not a physical type of tip on the pen. So I just wanted to to throw that out there, that the majority of the time when you hear ballpoint, I want a ballpoint, I take it as, and I think the majority of people take it as, ink type. same with a rollerball which is going to be your liquid ink types like i talk about the pilot v5 um what when you hear those terms what do you what are your immediate thoughts i mean when you said
0: it that way um about a uh you said ballpoint ink rollable pen right Mm -hmm. that made sense to me right um or if if somebody said a ballpoint pen i would initially think of a bic Mm-hmm, exactly like that's where my brain would jump to and mm-hmm. if they said rollerball I would think of maybe like a parka right you know because that's kind of when you're a kid and yeah. the Parker pen is the most amazing yeah. thing in the world and yeah. you feel like a, a millionaire yep exactly so I mean and I, it was I, I, um, it was Aaron Jones um, at okay. AJ Gaming on Twitter who thank sent you. that that, thank that you question into in you
1: and thank you Aaron for, for that question it was um it's you know it's it's not a hard and fast definition it depends on the context on, on those two words and what people are talking about i hope that helps if not um we can you can uh tweet me at dowdyism that's d-o-w-d-y-i-s-m for my contact information or you can send an email to me at bpenaddict at com. and there's always the the 70 decibels contact form what's that address mike
0: you go to 70 decibels.com contact and you can send us a message there by selecting the pen addict from the drop down. Um, If you want to shout at me for buying a Pilot Pereira and making you all want to buy one um, (laughs) you can do that on Twitter at iMike i-m-y-k-e um, I, I think we just before we do finish we've had some we've had some really great feedback from the show um in emails and on twitter and also as well i mean we maybe don't mention this enough um everybody that leaves us an itunes review we we do read them and we're really really grateful um it helps us continue to stay in the what's hot section in itunes which does help new listeners find the show so we really do appreciate that you, that people do that for us
1: yeah you guys have, have been fantastic um it th- I'm actually blown away, and it actually it's what keeps me going. You know, I was, you know, not not hesitant starting this podcast, but I was like, oh, how's it going to play? Is this going to work? And the feedback and the ratings and iTunes really really help uh, push me along to make this as as great a podcast as Mike and I can make it. So I really appreciate all the comments and the reviews and the ratings. Um, you you guys rock. I I really appreciate it, and uh, keep them coming.
0: This has very quickly become one of the most popular shows on the network and uh, I think it's because people do love this topic and we have I'm lucky to be blessed with a very great and knowledgeable host, so Well great, thank, thank you. you. So until next time take care and bye bye.
1: Have a good one, Mike, thank you. See ya. Bye bye.
0: The Pen Addict podcast is a 70 decibels production in conjunction with Brad Dowdy. Brad is an employee of JetPens.com who do not have any affiliation with this podcast.